following is a presentation of Financial Crisis Recovery. Foreclosure, short sales, bankruptcy, credit card debt, job loss, depreciating home values, money management. Peace of mind when it comes to your finances seems completely out of reach under current conditions, but there is a way to achieve it. For the next 60 minutes, you're going to find out how to cover your assets. Cover your assets. Now, here's nationally renowned speaker and expert on getting you on the path to financial strength, Todd Rooker. Good morning, everybody. Yes, we are here again for another episode of Cover Your Assets. We have a great show lined up for you today. This morning, again, we have my good friend and extraordinary presenter, uh, Fresh off the boat from Iowa. Uh, <laughs> yes. Boat in Iowa. That's an interesting concept. Uh, Eric is, is, uh, is an incredible guy. Goes around the country, uh, talks about, uh, uh, business sales systems, helping business expand their endeavors. And, uh, he does a lot of speaking around the country. We weren't certain that he was going to be able to make it, but like the Marine he is, he said, I'll be there, brother. And I said, <laughs> fabulous. So, Eric, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me back. Well, it's great. I I, we, I love having you. And the uh, topic today is uh, essentially creating a sales system. And this is in yeah. keeping with your new book, Dynamic Sales Combustion. We covered some of it in another version. So for any of you who are listening to this, who are in sales or who have a business where you need salespeople and you want to grow your revenue, through sales, then I think this is going to be a fabulous show for you. And having said that, you might want to hearken back to an earlier show that we also did with Eric and kind of put these two together because I think they'll be, they'll be a perfect match and really give you a lot of information. So Eric, today we want to talk and about maybe some of the things that we left off with and just kind of roll into it. You and I, before we walked in here, we're talking about the fact that everybody wants to make a lot of money. Everybody wants to be, if you're, if you're in sales, everybody wants to go out there and make lots of money and make lots of sales. So they're ready, but they're not necessarily prepared. That's what does right. that actually mean? So, you know, when I have the opportunity to speak with salespeople, I will ask that question. I'll ask them how many want to have a better lifestyle, how many want to get more clients, how many want to do all these amazing things, how many want to make a million dollars a year, and everybody raises their hand. And so I can see that they're ready, but when I start to dive deep into it with them and looking at their schedules and their systems and how they use everything, I realize they're not prepared. And that concept really came to me, you know, as you served in the Navy, I was in the Marine Corps, and they issue you a lot of gear. So there's no shortage of equipment. And I think for salespeople, there's also no shortage of equipment or resources in general that'll help them, but they're really not prepared to use it. So you can be issued your combat gear and be ready to support and, and, and go into combat and be ready to help. But it doesn't mean that you're prepared. And what I'm finding with salespeople is they are ready. They're just not prepared. They're not drilling for skill. They're not, they're not practicing, you know, what, what they need to do in the field. They're not looking at their um, schedule and analyzing it and, 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 and scheduling their priorities. Yet they have the resources. So they have all of the gear, but they're not putting it together as well as they could. It doesn't mean that they don't understand sales. I just don't think they're prepared for the success that they, they announced. Well, you know, and I wonder, as you say that, I wonder if, 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 uh, folks who are, who are developing sales teams, uh, aren't necessarily prepared to provide the training that people need, the, the structure that people need. Because I, I, you know, I do think that, that a lot of people don't understand the true value and the professionalism that must go into being a, an effective salesperson. That's right. 
And I think you hit the nail on the head. I think that you have salespeople who aren't prepared. And then you have sales leaders who are trying to guide them and coach them and mentor them. But they're also coaching people that, um, dare I say it, some salespeople may have an ego and think they know it all and may say things like, well, here's how I've always done it. So they're not necessarily open to new ideas. And then the sales leader doesn't want to offend them, even though the sales leader can pretty much read their mail and know what would get them prepared. There's this interesting dynamic where they're not working together to get better. And I think in the sales environment, we need to ask ourselves a simple question every day, how can I get better? And most salespeople aren't asking that. Most sales leaders aren't sharing that with their teams. I think they're a little afraid to, to, to cross that line, but we need it. If we want to be champions in sales, we need somebody coaching us, guiding us, mentoring us, and, and getting us to move from ready to preparedness, I think is huge. Well, we, we talked about this last time, and the, the, the thing that tends to happen in nearly all businesses, companies, corporations, is that when a company finds a successful salesperson, immediately they want to make them a sales manager, <laughs> yeah, right? That's right. And that, those two things do not necessarily uh, correlate all the time. And I think, and I'm not certain because I, I haven't listened to our, our show from last time, but I may have said this before, in that I had a, a gentleman who was a dynamite salesperson. He was fabulous. But I would send him out with other salespeople and it would just fail miserably. Mm -hmm. And so I, 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 having done exactly what I'm telling people not to do here on the show right now, this is the point I'm trying to make. Because you're asked, a hypocrite, Todd. Yeah. <laughs> hey, hey. <laughs> uh, but I went out and I listened to his presentation and I swear to you, rather than having a logical progression that answered the questions in advance to lead the person to the buying decision, mm -hmm. I became more confused listening to him than, than I had been before I started. And I wondered how in the world the person was ever going to make a decision. And every time this guy walked out the door with the check, but Lord only knows how it ever happened. Yeah. So the idea that anyone else could duplicate what he did was absurd. And so although he was a fabulous salesperson, we put him back into the field and he kept selling like hotcakes, but he was not a good sales trainer right. at all. He was, it was, a, it was an odd way of doing things things. And, and I don't know that I wanted to make him any better because he was really good, but it wasn't something that, that he, he would, he made a horrible sales trainer is the point. He was not a good manager. He was a good salesperson. Yeah. And you have to recognize that as a, as someone who maybe is trying to build a sales team as the owner of a business, right? I, I completely agree. And I think one of the things I say in the book is that, that sales work is teamwork. And you can't just have a bunch of Lone Rangers on your team and expect them to all pull together to hit the main goal. And I think what I'm hearing is is exactly what I'm seeing out in the country when I work with um, organizations and their sales leaders specifically is that you have somebody that was really good, maybe moved from ready to prepared on a personal level. And then we think, well, we'll just put him in charge of his peers or her peers. And now they should be able to duplicate all of that, even though they weren't running our system effectively, even though they weren't <laughs> accountable, and even though they don't really speak sales. Maybe they were good at building relationships. And, and while there's a lot of great um, um, strengths that comes from that, that is harder to duplicate. And I think that we promote people to these sales manager positions when we really should teach them how to be sales leaders, where they're guiding and coaching and mentoring their teams, much to a certain extent like a sports coach. The sports coach isn't out there on the um, um, court taking the shots. They're teaching the team how to take the shots. They're getting to be a cohesive unit. And and too many sales managers, I think, are, are ready to take their teams to the next level. They're just not prepared. And I think part of it goes back to what are they doing on a daily basis? Do they have the structure and the systems in place 
to really teach people how to use those. And I think that's where they fall short. I, I agree. And I, I, as I listen to this, I think about, you know, the analogy of the business owner who runs around saying that, that they, that, that nobody can do what they can do. Right. And if they could only clone themselves and the truth <laughs> of the matter is they don't want to do that because they take so much pride in being the guy or the gal, yep. the best that in fact, at least from a psychological standpoint, they don't really want to train anybody who's as good as they are because it undermines who they are, their own identity. <laughs> it goes into and that the goes ego. on. I mean, yeah. that goes on. Right, and, and you have the ego, so that's where the ego comes into play. Right. And, and we have a hard time moving past the ego to say, actually, I could make somebody better than me. Oh and, my! And and yeah, and so who, that, will I, who would I be if I weren't though? <laughs> exactly. Well, and here's the funny thing: when we were in the military, the leaders in the military weren't trying to get us to be worse than them. No. It, it, so, and when you say it, it is laughable, but they're always thinking about their replacements. But in the business world, whether it's business owners so or sales leaders, um, there's a part of us that don't want to see our people succeed like we do, because then how would that make us look? When in fact, it would make us look like the greatest sales leader of all times. Right. If you could build people better than you. It, it's very much, the sales leadership is very much like parenting. That's like having kids and saying, I just hope my sons grow up and really be worse than I am. Right. I don't want them to have the success that I've had. <laughs> Who does that? And, and yeah. And, but, but, you know, as you say that, that, that is what happens yep. in many, many small and mid sized businesses. Right. As they get larger, I think your analogy about the military is you come into an organization that you know has scaled for hundreds of years. <laughs> yeah. And so, you know, you're not the first guy to invent the wheel here. And, and everybody kind of integrates into that culture and that, and that concept. But in smaller businesses or in sales organizations where somebody is winning all the trips and, and making all the money, boy, oh boy, it, it's problematic. And then the worst thing of all is if the business owner is the number one salesperson. You know, folks, as you're listening to this, what we're really talking about is creating systems where whereby you can essentially do dot to dot color by the numbers. And although you may not you may not be soliciting an individual who is a born salesperson, you're taking people who 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 maybe wouldn't even be in sales and you're enabling them to get 70 percent of the result of what a superstar would get. And that's how you build an organization and that's how you expand your business. That's right. And I think, you know, we keep talking about systems and we'll dive into that. But I think what what most salespeople do is they almost avoid systems because they feel it takes away their individuality. Right. And yet what I found is if you have a system on how to do the steps at the best level possible, it'll actually free you up to do more of what you love to do in sales, which is build relationships, open up new doors, earn referrals. And so what I see is so many people, and I know we discussed this in the last show, you know, so many salespeople are only spending 20 to 22% of their time selling. And that's because I think the other 70 to 78% is spent not having a system and, and trying to recover from that and getting confused and running around and wasting time when if they had a system for, for some of the things that they did, it would open up the uh, door for them to be more natural, authentic, and genuine in the field. And then they could actually teach that system. So let's talk about that. Unless you, you had prefaced this with sales uh, gears yes. and sales systems. So tell me, what does that look like? What does that mean? So a long time ago, I started to try and piece it together. When I first got into sales in the financial services side, um, I had to find out what my steps were. And as you know, I was my wife's caregiver during her first battle with cancer when I started in sales. So it was very important to me to understand the steps because I couldn't afford, literally, we couldn't afford to let anything fall through the cracks. And so what I identified was inside of our sales engine, and that's what the book talks about is having this 
this sales engine that we need to get it to combust, there are some moving parts within there. And what I found is there's, there's five sales gears that every sales rep, professional sales leader needs to spin. And that's our ability to prospect, contact, present, set up, and follow up. Those five gears. And, and I will often ask sales professionals, do you have a system? And they say, yes. And I say, well, tell me how your system is step by step. And they struggle. Um, they'll say things like, well, I, you know, when I get in, I, I, I make some calls and then I'll, I'll go see some clients and then I'll, I'll send some materials and it's very loose. And so their system might exist in their head, but they haven't quantified it enough where they can actually take each gear and get better at each gear every day. In other words, they have little tiny gears spinning, yet they have these big goals and dreams. And so I even start with them just on prospecting. And I find that a lot of these sales professionals out there are just combining gears. In other words, they're prospecting the morning they get to the office to pick up the phone. So they're actually combining gears. Well, who do I call right now? Which is prospecting. And then, all right, I'll, I'll, I'll call Todd. And what do I say to him? I don't know. I'll just, I'll just reach out. And so they're not putting a lot of thought and effort into it. And what I teach them is how to have a system where each of those five gears spin um, connected to each other, but where we can get them to spin at a higher rate and have more predictable results. But they have to define those gears first. And that's what's hard. So, so in prospecting, mm -hmm. is that, as you just spoken it, the primary issue that when they reach out, they don't have a sales script mm -hmm. or they don't know, know exactly what it is that they're, that they're calling to accomplish. Is that what the, what the, I think that's issue part is? of it. Yeah. That's a big part. In fact, I will ask them how important is prospecting? And they'll say, Oh, it's a 10 out of 10. And I say, well, how do you prospect? And they say, what do you mean? <laughs> so, <okay. laughs> um, so what I asked them to do is I asked them to define it. I said, what does prospecting mean to you? And ultimately what it starts to boil down to is finding people, finding people out there to sell, to call. And so I say, okay, if, if that's true, how many people can you sell? How many people could buy your product today? And as we start to peel the layers back, it inevitably it comes out that, well, there's thousands. Right. I could have thousands of new clients today. So in the book, I talk about prospecting for me is the art of deciding whom to contact. So if there are thousands, and that is for Think Great too, I could have thousands of new clients today. So for me, prospecting is two, twofold. I've got to decide who to contact. And then here's the ticket. This is the, this is the big ticket item for salespeople. I think they, they prospect too late in the game. In other words, I create my prospecting leaks, um, leads and, and, and lists maybe weeks in advance. I'm already identifying who I need to contact so that the morning that I contact them, it's, it's not new to me. I've been thinking about it for a while. And so it comes across more natural, more genuine, more authentic. And I think even for your listeners today, one thing they can get at it today is prospect a couple days in advance. You know, your brain doesn't shut off at night. We, our body does, but our brain doesn't. So even for me, I was looking at my notes last night so that when I came in here today, I was already fresh. I was already feeding my brain because I know it's going to go to work while I'm sleeping. It's just like if you watch a scary movie before you go to bed, you're having a dream about that scary movie. I watched Jaws one time before I went to bed. Big mistake. And I know how it ends. <laughs> and, and at night, I'm like, geez, why did I do that? I actually had a dream that I was getting attacked by a shark. And I'm like, well, wait a minute. I could feed my brain better things that support that goal of making a million a year, a better lifestyle, or, or, or expanding my, my business. And so I will actually look at my prospecting list the night before and then go to sleep on it. And what happens is your brain starts to create uh, more alternative ways of you to contact that person. You've already done it a million times in your head while you're sleeping, so it's more natural. There's, there's, a, there's a point to be made for that. 
listen, folks, here's a here's a point that that and a word that Eric brought up, authentic. Interesting thing. The more the more practiced you are yeah. in the delivery of the things that you say, the more, not less, the more authentic I, I it agree. comes off. A hundred percent. And I think that's why with the last time we talked, we talked about scripts. And so many salespeople are ready for success. They're not prepared. They don't have a script. And I and we don't want them reading it like we talked about last time. Like, good morning, my name is Eric, and I have something to sell you. But <laughs> but like you said, the more you rehearse it, the more it comes out natural and you can you can actually add your own style to it. Right. And so yes, you may have this best practice. And we do it think great. We have a best way of saying certain things about our programs. And then we drill for skill. We talk about it as a team so that we can have it come out authentic, genuine, natural. And I think that's what holds a lot of people up. So they're they're ready for success. They're just not prepared. And that first gear prospecting, most of them do it in, in um, subpar ways. Agreed. And the other thing that would harken back to our military training is that when you create when you create a battle plan, you always are 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 developing contingency plans because, of course, in battle, nothing ever goes exactly as planned and nothing ever goes exactly as planned with human beings in general. That's right. And so when you say that you're that you're you're practicing those scripts and you're and you're you're training those scripts. Uh, I, I expect that what that means is you're assuming that a consumer could respond in a multitude of ways. And here That's again, right. you're scripting your response and practiced, practiced in your response for any direction that it might go, all geared to take it in the same direction to, to answer that person's questions and, and, and develop uh, the client to understand that, that is the product answers the question or That's fixes right. the problem, right? That's right, because we're ready for success, but we may not be prepared for the variables that come up. Exactly. So somebody might say, well, my objection is this, or my challenge is this, but if you never rehearsed it, right, you would never understand it. I, I remember when we were training for the rifle range, it was the same thing. The drill instructors were trying to get you to think about any of the variables that may come your way, everything from wind to weather to, to anything, distance from the target. And we did a lot of practicing. They called it snapping in, and we would we would practice our breathing techniques. We would practice how snapping, we held it. Snapping's just the bullets going over your head. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and it, but it was amazing. They had a white a white barrel painted with black targets on it, maybe about fifty feet in front of us, and we all sat in a circle around it for hours and hours and hours every day. And so, you know, that's where I think you know we were all ready to fire that weapon. Don't get me wrong. We were eighteen years old, and we had live ammo. <laughs> we were ready to go. But they made sure we were prepared. And that's how they did their jobs as leaders. And I think that that's where we miss it in the sales side. We have teams that are ready to run out the door and take that hill, at least the sales hill, and we haven't prepared them. We're sending out without any gear. They're, they're even saying, I'm not using the system the way it's intended. I do it my own way. And sales leaders are saying, okay, great, good luck. Right. And so it's really hard to, if I, if I went into the Marines on the, and on the firing range and said, well, here's how I've always fired. I'll do it my way. That wouldn't have flown. And so they were having us run their system. So I went in the Marine Corps to run their system. And and a salesperson at a at an organization should be running that sales system. And if they don't have one, they really need to help create one. And that's what I did at the media company. There was no sales system, one sales guy. And he was winging it. There was no doubt about it. Um, he was successfully winging it. He got some new clients in. He was ready for higher levels of success, but he wasn't prepared. When I asked to see his schedule, he didn't have one. He had a calendar and he had some appointments in it, but he didn't have a schedule for his priority activities when he prospected, when he contacted, when he presented. And so it was very loose. And then, and it took him a little while to embrace the idea of having some structure in his system. But when he did, he became, you know, he was double producing what he used to. It's amazing. You know, it is, it's funny because people reject 
this type of training just because yeah. I keep going back to this because they mm-hmm. want to be authentic and all of that. But, you know, as you're talking about, you know, the, the, you know, the, the instructors wanting you to do the same thing over and over again, because they know that when those rounds do start snapping all around you and over your head, the sonic yeah. waves of the, those, that, those rounds, <clears throat> you freaking out, That's you know, right. and the only thing you can ever do is to fall back on your training. And it's, it's amazing how that is exactly what happens. And that's why practicing what you're going to say when somebody says it, even though at the time it may seem unnatural, yeah. you will fall back into it when you have this nervous energy going. You know, it's kind of like Mike Tyson says, everybody's got a plan until you get hit in the face, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and boy, if you don't have training to fall back on, you're going to stutter and you're going to stumble and it's going to be a problem. So those, so the prospecting is, 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 all about knowing what to say and having practiced yeah. what what you're going to say with different contingencies. We're we've got five steps. We're going to try to get through them. We're going to take a break here. We are with Eric Thurwanger. He's got a book called Dynamic Sales Combustion. It is a fabulous book, creating the engine for transformational sales results. He speaks all over the country. We are blessed to have him in here. We'll be right back. Great Waters Financial specializes in helping you retire comfortably. When it comes to seeking retirement guidance, you don't need a salesman, you need an ally. Great Waters Financial doesn't have a hidden agenda. Their professionals at Great Waters Financial focus on what matters, your financial peace. Start planning for your future now and make your money work for you. Great Waters Financial is the official financial planning service of Cover Your Assets. For more information, call 612-360-2127 or go to greatwatersfinancial.com. Home Rental Systems has been helping homeowners in the Twin Cities metro area realize their property investment's full potential. At Home Rental Systems, we will take away all the hassles from renting your home. We have a proven home rental system for renting and managing single-family homes, townhomes, and condominiums, and will attain the highest monthly rent possible. Go to homerentalsystems.com or call now, 612-701-4375. Finding a good banker and CPA are like having a good doctor or mechanic. You cannot fully appreciate the value they represent until you're in a pinch and truly need them. However, that's not the time to go looking for one. Instead, you want to position and strategize well in advance for a favorable outcome. CPA Arliss Cleveland of Arliss Cleveland LTD is the CPA firm you've been looking for. As many of you already know, if you're looking for a great CPA, Arliss Cleveland gets my highest endorsement. Arliss Cleveland LTD has now formed a strategic relationship with Village Bank, conveniently located in the Village Bank building, located at 9298 Central Avenue North, Suite 412 Blaine, Minnesota. You can also find Arliss Cleveland LTD certified public accountants and consultants by going to accountingoffices.net or by simply calling 763-786-0639. That contact information again, accounting-offices.net or by simply calling 763-786-0639. What are the first three letters in the word SMART? SMA. And SMA Exteriors and Restoration has made SMART affordable since 1994. As an LP SmartSide Master Level Siding Installer, a GAF Master Elite Roofing Installer, and as an expert in installing windows made in Minnesota, made for Minnesota, you're guaranteed to make the SMART choice. Call today for your free estimate. 877-SMA-TODAY or go online 
to SMA, the number two, DAY.com. Hello, I'd like to talk with you about financial coaching. Traditional financial planners help you make decisions about stocks, bonds, and mutual funds with money you already have. That's great, but who helps you accumulate more money in the first place? Who helps you make day-by-day life decisions? Who isn't trying to sell you something? Like, should I go back to school? Am I wasting money on insurance? How to purchase and finance a car, boat, home, lake cabin, or investment property? How to start, manage, and sell a business? It's about making minor errors that become colossal mistakes and cost you hundreds of thousands of dollars over your lifetime. The problem is that you're so busy pursuing your career that you're forced to make critical financial decisions that have a dramatic long-term effect on your finances without adequate research or information. Rooker Financial Coaching is like having a personal CFO for every decision. Don't waste time lamenting the bad decisions of the past or money that's run through your fingertips. Stop procrastinating. Call Rooker Financial Coaching, 763-559-3800. That's 763-559-3800. Call me today, Todd Rooker, 763-559-3800. That's 763-559-3800. If you are a current business owner or thinking about starting a business, what business structure is best for you? Sole proprietorship, corporation, or LLC? Most people pay a couple hundred dollars to the Secretary of State to start a business and off they go, as opposed to doing it right and contracting an attorney to help them. Why is this? Pretty simple. Funds are low and attorneys are expensive. Problem is, if you're structured improperly or do not manage the agenda and record the changes correctly, you could have destroyed nearly all legal protections your business would have otherwise been afforded. Don't just mindlessly start a business and put you and your family in legal jeopardy. If you have an existing business or would like to start your business right in the first place, an attorney from the law firm of Daniels and Keyboard will meet with you to determine the best business structure for your business, handle the filings, and will meet with you ongoing once a month for a year. After basic startup and filing fees, the cost to you is as little as $176 a month. Pretty awesome deal. Go to CYA21.com to get the details. That's CYA21.com. You're listening to Cover Your Assets with Todd Rooker. Hey, hey, welcome back, everybody. We have Eric Thurwanger in studio with us. We're talking about his book, Dynamic Sales Combustion. We're talking about developing a sales system. We just covered the first of the five tenets that he's got, he's drawn out, and these are uh, we're expanding upon those. And just to give you a quick summary on prospecting, which was number one, we talked about who to contact, what are you contacting them about, and we did not talk about, but I'm going to hit it. When do you call them? Best time of the day to catch the most amount of people, I suspect. And then what do you say when you get on there? And are you prepared for the contingencies of how they might respond? And what will you say then? And that's about the sales training and the, mm-hmm. and the, and the practice. So the next one is, it, is it, of the tenants, is contacting. But there's a lot more to this than this little brief summary I just gave. You brought up an incredible point, which is don't try to overwhelm somebody on a quick phone call and give them a one-hour presentation. That's right. That's right. You know, we get excited when somebody answers the phone because we don't always get a live uh, voice. And so what I found, again, you know, for your listeners is don't combine your gears. You know, stay in that lane. And when you prospect, that's just deciding whom to contact. So I decided to call Todd. And then when I call him the next day and my mind has already started working on it, I have to have an outcome for that contact. And my outcome for contacting is to set an appointment so that I can present. I don't start to present just because you picked up the phone. And and I don't think that salespeople are often aware of the message that they're sending. In other words, if I contacted you and I said, hey, Todd, it's Eric. Hey, Eric, how you doing? 
Great. I need to get right into just setting the appointments and say, hey, I've got some great new things I want to share with you. I'd like to get together with you for 30 minutes when you have some time. And I set the appointment. <clears throat> Where we make the mistake is we then combine the pre- presenting gear during contacting. And because he's friendly and warm and inviting on the phone, I figure, well, that must be consent to present. And so I start sharing the presentation. Now the one-minute phone call is turning into 20 and 30 minutes. And the message it's sending is, I can't stay on target and I'm a time waster. ha <laughs> ha and then wow. this same person who I just set the appointment with may cancel that appointment. And for me, I look because at Because they're it, fearful. Yeah, look that at how is, long you took. Yeah. You long-winded guy. I mean, come on. And and they're just they happen to pick up the phone and as you're presenting on the phone, they're regretting it. Because we're not showing any respect for their for their time and we're minimizing the trust they have in us. They could be heading into a meeting. And and yet we just caught them off guard, so we just unload on them. (laughs) So when you contact them through the prospecting component, Mm -hmm. your script is very different than when you are actually doing a presentation. And and you need to be aware of that because they don't commingle one rolling into the other and then just inevitably you wind up doing your whole presentation on the telephone. Oh, that's absolutely correct. So I, I spend time prospecting where I'm doing nothing but putting my list together of people. And then when I contact, I take my prospecting list, which may be the next day or second day, and then I contact with the outcome of I'd like to get a presentation set up. And it could be a Skype presentation. It could be a face-to-face where that's where the magic is if you can do them. But I don't present on the phone. That also allows me to take a list of 15 people and within 30 or 40 minutes get through the whole list, set appointments, pack my schedule, and then get ready for my presentations. And, And what I found is when you're combining those three, when you show up in the morning, and you don't know who to call, so you prospect, you find Todd's number, you call Todd, you contact him, that's gear two, and then you present, that's gear three. He's overwhelmed. And and he's going to go with somebody who's probably running a system a little tighter and seems more professional. And and for me, I don't want to share all of my secrets over the phone. I don't want to do it impromptu. I My presentation is designed to make an impact. It's not designed just to spit out there and just, it's a checkbox item. Eric, this this point that you're making right here, separating your prospecting, what you say, the script that you use Mm -hmm. to set the appointment as a completely separate thing from the presentation that you do regarding your your product. Mm -hmm. That is, that is almost revolutionary in, in its concept, because I can tell you, because I've worked with salespeople my whole life. And I can tell you that most of them look at their presentation and their prospecting efforts as being essentially one in the same. And one just happens to last a little longer than the other, but it, but you never know because I know a lot of people, we, we would start off with a whole bunch of people to contact in prospecting and they'd only get through Two or three, and the reason is because if they got a hold of somebody right in the beginning, they're doing their whole doggone presentation, and there goes That's out right. the window the prospecting, and maybe, and if they and if they don't sell on the phone, which they're not going to, they're still going to need to go out there and meet with the person, and and what are they going to do all over again the same thing? That's right. As compared with the person who is efficient in the way that you're describing and walks away in that same period of time with 15 set appointments where they're going to actually focus on the presentation. Very different. It is. And it's it's almost like going to the gym. You go to the gym and you need to stretch and then do some warm-up exercises and then lift. If you went there and, 
and and walked under the biggest walk, weight yeah, that, you, I mean, that you ever lifted. And you'll that's be in what trouble. people are doing. That's right. what salespeople do. They just go for the presentation as soon as they got some 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 somebody breathing on the other line. But I think that's what goes back to the bad training that's out there. And I mean, I mean, horrible training. Um, this is profound. It really is. Well, and I think that you know you've got to really care. It's an art form what we're doing in sales. It's it it shouldn't be just vomiting all over everybody just because we have information doesn't mean that because you're on the phone you're ready to hear it my presentation is going to get you prepared to absorb it and it still goes back with a lot of the the antiquated sales training like one of them that i still hear out there salespeople often say well you know you got to fake it till you make it and i'm like if if fake if the word fake is in your motto something's wrong and and you shouldn't fake anything. You Not only be, that, if it's in the mind of the salesperson, that's problematic. It's coming across. Yeah, it's like the guy walking into a club, you know, a nightclub with one thing on his mind. You can spot him a mile away. <laughs> and salespeople, when they go in for when they go in for that one thing, you can spot him a mile away. And I think that's that's where, and it's going to tie so great into the presenting gear. They're getting it wrong when they're presenting too. They're not even doing that at the highest levels. I'm not saying they don't make a great presentation, but but when you fake it until you make it. You're just excited to get somebody on the phone, and so you regurgitate everything on them, and you don't reserve the time for that third gear, which is presenting, when you can really be in your zone. So let's talk about that quickly, presenting. So what's going to go into preparing to do your presentation, and what's your primary objective in in, in creating and 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 uh, practicing your presentation? So once I have somebody, you know, face to face, or even on a Skype call, but I I always shoot for face to face. I want that magic. my objective or the way I define presenting is to move from content to connection. In other words, I have the content. Here's all the stuff I can tell you about. Think great. We can help you on leadership or sales or planning, team building, whatever you need. But that's just content. I could have emailed that to them. My objective is to take the content and get them connected to it and and find out those connection points um, to, to present not so much to sell, but to share what we do. Because you can tell... Um, you can tell when they make a connection, when you've hit a, a key point. And, and that's why in that presenting side, we need to know what our key questions are. Most salespeople, they probably have a question that, that might be good, but we really need to identify our, our top questions. And, and ultimately, we're presenting to open up these, uh, these new opportunities to them. And what I found is, here's the, the most detrimental thing, is when presenting, most salespeople have a predetermined diagnosis. They already know what they're going to sell you. So, so the presentation itself becomes a checkbox. In other words, when I was in financial services, the big ticket item in that office was the VUL, the variable universal life. There's a huge commission on it. And I would see the answer to every financial problem there is. That's right. (laughs) This is going to set you free, you and your family for generations to come. Uh, And, and now if the commission wasn't there, I don't know if uh, that would be the, the, the product of choice, but in an office where we offered everything from term insurance to, to permanent insurance, to annuities, to anything, what I would see on the first presentation is, is sales reps going out with the application for the VUL, for a specific company. So they picked a company, they picked the product, they haven't asked a single question yet. Well, there's if, only two tools in the toolbox, so I mean, if the right. answer's A or B, right? <clears throat> that's right. <laughs> and, there, and, and here's the funny thing, we weren't even captive agents. We had all these abilities we could share with you, but they knew what they were going out because this is where they made the most money. And, and I always say in a presentation, if you walked in to see your doctor, and before he asked you a question, he prescribed something to you, or said, here's what I'm gonna do, this is how we're gonna operate. I think you'd go get a new doctor. And and in, in the sales world, 
These people are actually carrying out the product they're going to sell to you without asking a question. It's I so think funny it's you say that because I remember my, my sales manager years and years ago said, never ask a question you don't already know the answer to. Well, imagine if your doctor did that. That's, and that goes back to fake it till you make it, right? Like, right. Yeah, like if, the, if I walk in, the doctor says, we're going to take off your leg. So, so much <laughs> incorrect sales training. It's this, just mind-boggling. Is, but it goes back to another thing, not just fake it till you make it, but then they sell. They say this, sell to anyone with a pulse. And it's like, okay. <laughs> and, and it's like, that's the training. So, so of course, when somebody with a pulse answers the phone in that contacting gear, I go into sales mode instead of share mode. I don't set an appointment. I just regurgitate on you. Then you cancel the appointment. Then I'm like, yeah, I don't know why everybody's canceling my appointments. And then people they don't, don't answer the phone anymore. People don't cancel my appointment. <laughs> yeah, nobody cancels my appointments. And I get if they need to reschedule. But when I was doing it the old ABC way, always be closing, yes, people canceled appointments. However... What we need to do is we've need, we need to get people presenting where they're moving from content to connection and make that genuine and authentic connection with somebody, not to sell them, but to share. And I think that's where we're missing the boat. And when they make that adjustment to their gear, this is really like oiling their gears up so they spin better because people do prospect, they contact and they, and they, and they present, but they've got them going in a very antiquated way. It's very rusty and, and, and clanky. Absolutely. And, and the other thing that you brought up is, you know, it, we always want to do it in person because there's, yeah. there's, there's the, the facial cues. There's just the dynamic in the way, you know, there, there's so much in a presentation there. There's the one side, which is the way you present the cadence, meaning the way that you, you build the words that you use to a point where they climax and, and crescendo and make up, make a dramatic point. And in those, and in that way, People can listen to you, and they're not even sure what they say, but they're but what That's you said, right. but they're excited. So there is something to that. But what's really valuable is putting together a presentation that has a logical progression, and they get it, and that happens at the same That's time. Right. That really <clears throat> takes skill, and I think there's also much to be said that when you do this in a Skype presentation versus a face to face, you have to be practiced in both of those because they're very different. That's correct. Yeah. And, and I think that we're not often asking the right questions. I think some of us, we have a presentation and maybe that's a great presentation, but we're trying to get through it too fast and we're not asking the right questions. You know, I always ask sales reps, what are your top three questions when you're in the field? Because the person asking questions guides the conversation. And so if the salesperson is not guiding the conversation, then the prospect is. Right. And and they may guide it right out the door to a salesperson who knows how to guide them because that's we're ultimately leading them. And and so for me, I'll, I'll often share questions like this because salespeople say, well, how can I ask a better question? You've got to get questions that get them thinking about the bigger picture, not just the product. So for me, one of the things we do is leadership development. So if I'm going to sell leadership development, or I'm going to first share it. And I would say, you know, if you, have, if you own a business and you have a team, I would say, Todd, how important is leadership development in your organization on a scale of one to 10? And most likely you'll say a 10. And I'll say, all right, what are you doing to develop your people right now? And that's when they go, oh, I'm not. <laughs> so so we have to be able to find the areas that are of the greatest importance of people that they're doing absolutely nothing on, and we fill that gap. And that's how we move to connection. So so I never sell anything, but people buy. And and it's I'm not just sharing the content. I'm, I'm sharing it in a way that it allows them to make an emotional connection to what I'm doing, going, I need that. And that's better, because I think in sales, we want people to buy. We love it when they buy. We just don't want to sell. And our presentations are often sales pitches, and that's what they'll call them. And mine's not a pitch. It's just, it's an opportunity for me to share. 
And then we have to move into that next gear where we set things up, either their account or their first order. And that's where the real work starts. In other words, I've promised you the world. And then so many people under deliver on the results. Like they are, I'm already moving on to the next person. Oh. I'm moving on to somebody else with a pulse. So I've handed it off to my, my, uh, my headquarters will take care of that. They'll process everything for you. If you need anything, call them. Goodness gracious. And so that's where the real sales work starts, I believe. Let's uh, take another break here. We're here with Eric. This is, it really is some profound information. I mean, the, the, uh, the concept of, of, of developing people. As I listen, Eric, I, th- I'm, I'm always thinking in the same terms that I speak to, to business owners, and mm-hmm. that is looking for the leverage, meaning, uh, folks, how to get the, the best result for the, for the effort and resources you put to bear. And mm-hmm. you really, in the, in the world today, with the times constraints that everybody has, you have to be conscious of what is it that you're doing that is most effective. There's five things you can do, but what's, what are the things that you can put more energy into or get to that are going to get you the greatest result? Right. Uh, and and you need to become most proficient at. And these are uh, some of what you're saying, Eric, that's coming through to me as I'm listening to you. We're going to take another break here. We will be back. And when we come back, we'll be on the fourth of the five, which is setup, and the last one, which is follow-up. This is a fabulous sales training right here on the air. Thank you so much, Eric. We'll be Thank back you. in just a moment. Major League Baseball on Score North is brought to you locally by Federated Insurance. Federated Insurance, it's their business to protect yours. Todd Rooker here to tell you about the most amazing jewelry store, Golden Treasures, on 805 Grand Avenue in St. Paul. I've known the owner, Todd Gimble, for almost 20 years now, and at Golden Treasures, not only do you get more for less, it's the experience that you and your special person will feel when you walk in the door. Todd truly puts his heart and soul into creating your experience, regardless of how much money you spend. This is Todd's customer-for-life philosophy. Take it from me, there really is no other jewelry store. You can't go wrong with Golden Treasures in St. Paul. 651-227-2711. That's 651-227-2711. He can lift a bus straight over his head. He can fly around the world in seconds. And he has the power to regenerate entire limbs. Okay, so Jason Walgrave isn't actually a superhero. But once you visit his website to find out what he knows about real estate, you may start to think he's superhuman. That's because at JasonWalgrave.com, you'll find absolutely anything you need to know about real estate in the Twin Cities. Whether you're looking to buy or sell your home, check out JasonWalgrave.com, the number one place for all your real estate questions. If you are a current business owner or thinking about starting a business, what business structure is best for you? Sole proprietorship, corporation, or LLC? Most people pay a couple hundred dollars to the Secretary of State to start a business and off they go, as opposed to doing it right and contracting an attorney to help them. Why is this? Pretty simple. Funds are low and attorneys are expensive. Problem is, if you're structured improperly or do not manage the agenda and record the changes correctly, you could have destroyed nearly all legal protections your business would have otherwise been afforded. Don't just mindlessly start a business and put you and your family in legal jeopardy. If you have an existing business or would like to start your business right in the first place, an attorney from the law firm of Daniels and Keyboard will meet with you to determine the best business structure for your business, handle the filings, and will meet with you ongoing once a month for a year. After basic startup and filing fees, the cost to you is as little as $176 a month. Pretty awesome deal. Go to CYA21.com to get the details. That's CYA21. 
1-800-GOLD-1-GOLD-1-GOLD-1-GOLD-1-GOLD-1-GOLD-1-GOLD-1-GOLD-1-GOLD-1-GOLD-1-GOLD-1-GOLD-1-GOLD-1-GOLD-
that we have the opportunity to set up once the needle starts moving. And that might be your account. So we may set up your account. We may set up your first order. Um, when that happens, I think that we really find out how committed we are. In other words, during a presentation, before somebody becomes a client, we often let them feel like they are the most important person in our world, that we will do anything for them. The setup phase, the reason that that is a gear is because I think that that's when the real sales work starts. We've got a commitment from you. You've bought or intended to buy. Now we need to set some things up. Perhaps we're setting up a proposal to work within your budget. Um, perhaps we are setting up, you know, like I said, your account information or your first order or follow-up orders. What I found is so many people promise the world in a presentation and deliver a grain of sand. And what I mean by that is, the person has high expectations because in the presentation you made them feel like number one. If we don't do the setup gear right, you will make them feel like number two and they will move on and they'll switch because our ability to take them in as a client and not move on to somebody else with a pulse and, and not fake it with them is critical. We've got to take these baby steps with them as their account or their first order, or whatever the case is, is set up. Um, they're looking to see that we deliver as well as we said we would. Because usually in the presentation, we say we'll deliver at the highest levels. We never say, hey, I'm going to just hand you off and I'm not going to talk to you anymore. I'm going to completely ignore you. I won't follow up anymore. I'm just looking for the next person with a pulse and and have a good day. Thanks well, for buying. You know, Eric, I think it's even more fundamental than that. I, th- I, I Everything you're saying, mm-hmm. of course, is right. And you, you, this is, you're an expert in this area. But, you know, I, I have found that there are salespeople who are, you know, drama types. They're fabulous. You know, when it's showtime, it's showtime, and they're right. great at doing that part. But I'll tell you what, in the financial world, you've got a lot of paperwork to do. Just to, just to when you sell a product, there's compliance, there's, there's mountains sometimes of yep. paperwork. Well, the minute you ask these people who are so dynamic in the sales presentation to do much more than sign their own name, they're already <laughs> losing credibility with every step they go. So just filling out an application in front of the client becomes an, an, an issue of them undermining their own credibility. That's right. They can't spell. They're, 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 they're not, they're not legible or they can't type on their laptop. Or they forget to get a signature. Right. I mean, these, <laughs> these basic things yeah. that they need to do because they got the sale and they're so excited and that's what they're so focused on. But they they don't focus on the actual test technical aspects, which need to be practiced as well. And that's what the client's looking at. How are you handling my business that you just asked for? In other words, we get excited when we get a fish on the line. We get excited. But we still have to at least have a system in place for getting some bait on the hook or for, or for tying that knot. And sometimes salespeople, now, if you need to hire somebody to do all that, good to go. You know, I don't, I don't, I don't run my own calendar, my own schedule. I have somebody for that because it's critical. And I can't just say, hey, just like today, I was communicating with you saying, here's where I am. I'm not sure if I'll make it, but I, I, ha- I was doing everything I could to get here. And and our project coordinator, Sapphire, was on it, making sure that I could get here. And so those are important things that those have aspects to be done. enhance your credibility. That's right. So when the presentation is good, you've got the follow up and follow through. You've got the due diligence, the things that you need to do, and all of those things lead the person to the same feeling they had in the presentation. That it reinforces the decision that the individual makes. That's right. Right. That's what they're analyzing. There you go. Let's take another break here and. We will be right back with our last component, which is follow-up and and making sure we keep this client and retain this client. We'll be right back. Saturday mornings at 8, you'll have a chance to hear valuable advice from one of the top financial instructors in the state. 
Cover Your Assets is the show hosted by Todd Rooker. Every week, Todd shares his vast financial knowledge and extensive insights on how you can make small changes today that will lead to a better tomorrow. Todd has helped thousands of Minnesotans get to a better place financially. Listen to Todd Rooker as he hosts Cover Your Assets, Saturday mornings at 8 on Score North at 1500. Finding a good banker and CPA are like having a good doctor or mechanic. You cannot fully appreciate the value they represent until you're in a pinch and truly need them. However, that's not the time to go looking for one. Instead, you want to position and strategize well in advance for a favorable outcome. CPA Arliss Cleveland of Arliss Cleveland LTD is the CPA firm you've been looking for. As many of you already know, if you're looking for a great CPA, Arliss Cleveland gets my highest endorsement. Arliss Cleveland LTD has now formed a strategic relationship with Village Bank, conveniently located in the Village Bank building, located at 9298 Central Avenue North, Suite 412 Blaine, Minnesota. You can also find Arliss Cleveland LTD certified public accountants and consultants by going to accountingoffices.net or by simply calling 763-786-0639. That contact information again, accounting-offices.net or by simply calling 763-786-0639. Hi, I'm Kimberly Nibo with the Kimberly Nibo Insurance Agency, serving the community for over 27 years. People tend to be most concerned with price. That is, of course, until something goes wrong. Then the only thing they care about is their coverage. My experience enables me to uncover every available discount. I could save you up to 40% while still offering the proper coverage for the people you care about. Call today for a free review at 763-571-6111 or email me at kim at kimnibo.com. If you or anyone you know are in a financially challenged situation, listen. My name is Todd Rooker. For over 20 years, I've been helping people strategically plan for and deal with a financial crisis. My typical client may have previously had a substantial net worth and are now in fear of losing their personal home. My clients will often say, in the past, I was financially successful. However, at this point, I'm exhausting all of my financial resources trying to make my payments on time. I feel as though I'm simply delaying the inevitable by throwing good money after bad. So my questions are, Todd, do I just let the bank liquidate my business? Do I need to consider things like foreclosure, short sale, Dean and Lou, loan modification, credit counseling, or even bankruptcy? And then most importantly, how do I minimize the damage and rebuild my life when this disaster is over? This is my world, and I teach classes on those very topics. So if you or anyone you know is in this situation or you want to ensure that you never are, I have the knowledge and the information you're looking for. Go to CYA21.com and get my free download, Financial Crisis Bible, or call us at 763-559-3800. You're listening to Cover Your Assets with Todd Rooker. Welcome back, everybody. We have Eric Thurwanger, Dynamic Sales Combustion. Uh, Eric is a is, is an incredible coach. He's a presenter. He's a keynote speaker, and his business is all about making your business more successful, expanding, and increasing your growth. And goes all over the country and speaks to organizations and is hired on as a trainer. And, uh, you know, some of the things we've covered thus far related to the sales system, which is what our show is about today, have been profound. And even to someone like me who's been in the business my whole life, I I, I listen to this and I I think 
um, how important each one of these components are. And I've learned a lot here, Eric. Our yeah, last, thank you. Yeah, our last piece is the follow-up. And we talked at the break a little bit about the fact that people will make sales and wind up losing clients because they don't follow up. And this person might have been a client for life, and there might have been retention right. and recurring revenue from this person for, for decades, and they screw it up in the follow-up, <laughs> and they lose them. They do. And, and when I ask people how important follow-up is, they'll tell me it's a 10 out of 10. It's everything. The fortune's in the follow-up. And I will often ask them because, you know, there's two follow ups. One, one, if you become a client, we have to follow up with you. Two, if you stay in the prospecting phase, we need to continue to follow up to to guide you down that um, decision making process where you become our client. And so we may have a presentation with you and you don't buy yet. So I need to follow up. And so I'll often ask people, well, if follow up is a 10 out of 10, tell me your best follow up technique. But don't use this. I'm just calling to follow up, check in, circle back, or touch base. <laughs> and they say, um, that's what I've been using. <laughs> and and it's it's um it's mediocre at best. It there's no heart in it. In other words, hey Todd, I'm circling back to see if you want to buy from me. I mean, there's no other way. Is you there can anything spend else it. you want to give me money for? Yeah. I'm circling back <laughs> to see if you looked at the proposal that I saw that you looked at because my email told me you opened it. Um they don't they're there's nothing genuine about their follow-up. And and what I always recommend is whatever you offer, like let's just say I'm 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 about to have somebody buy something on the leadership development side. I might say, hey Todd, while you're considering Think Great for all of your leadership development needs, I wanted to share this article with you. I wanted to send you a video on this. I, I wanted to share some testimonials. I wanted to send you a link to our website that talks a little bit more about um we have to have a little bit more depth in our follow-up. In other words, we have to have a follow-up toolbox that has great touches. And most are just the cheesy one-liners, just circling back, just following up, just checking in. And and it's not going to cut it because in today's world, people need about eight touches. You want to educate your client. <coughs> Listen, right. Eric Thurwanger, the book is uh, uh, Dynamic Sales Combustion. How do they get a hold of you, Eric? Uh, they can reach us at our website, which is thinkgreat90.com, or they can email us at info at thinkgreat90.com. Pick up the book, guys, Dynamic Sales Combustion, Eric Thurwanger, Creating the Engine for Transformational Sales Results. Eric, thanks for being on the show. Thanks, Todd. Always a pleasure Always to be Always fabulous. Yeah, Have a great, great weekend, everybody. Bye-bye. Hello. I'd like to talk with you about financial coaching. Traditional financial planners help you make decisions about stocks, bonds, and mutual funds with money you already have. That's great. But who helps you accumulate more money in the first place? Who helps you make day-by-day -day life decisions? Who isn't trying to sell you something? Like, should I go back to school? Am I wasting money on insurance? How to purchase and finance a car, boat, home, lake cabin, or investment property? How to start, manage, and sell a business? It's about making minor errors that become colossal mistakes and cost you hundreds of thousands of dollars over your lifetime. The problem is that you're so busy pursuing your career that you're forced to make critical financial decisions that have a dramatic long-term effect on your finances without adequate research or information. Rooker Financial Coaching is like having a personal CFO for every decision. Don't waste time lamenting the bad decisions of the past or money that's run through your fingertips. Stop procrastinating. Call Rooker Financial Coaching, 763-559-3800. That's 763-559-3800. Call me today, Todd Rooker, 763-559-3800. That's 763-559-3800. To be your best every day, you need proven quality sleep every night. Science proves your best sleep is vital to your mental, emotional, and physical health. And that's where the sleep number bed comes in. And let me tell you, ever since I've had it, my sleep IQ score is just going higher and higher. And did you know 8 out of 10 couples say that one of them sleeps too hot or too cold? 
Science tells us regulating your sleep temperature leads to higher quality sleep. For many couples, temperature struggles are a real challenge. So here are some tips to help you both sleep just right. Look for beds designed with temperature benefits such as the new Sleep Number Climate 360 Smart Bed that actively warms and cools each side so you both sleep blissfully comfortable. And now save 40% on the Sleep Number 360 Special Edition Smart Bed. Plus, special financing for a limited time. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com slash podcast one. Sleep Number, the official sleep and wellness partner of the National Football League. Subject to credit approval, minimum monthly payments required. See sleepnumber.com for details. Grab a 30-day free trial of Live by Live Plus and you'll get unlimited skips, commercial-free music, and all of the podcasts and live streaming events you can handle. Visit livexlive.com slash podcast one to learn more and start your free trial.